it's been recorded. CJ and Cherie are ordinary human beings just like us. They are people just like us, no magic powers. They are married just like us, have similar marriage struggles. What they are going to present to us is that willingness to fight for their marriage with intention as a team. So I will hand you over to them because we want as much time at the end of their lesson for Q&A. So over to you, CJ and Sheree. Thank you so much for being willing to share on marriage. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, quite an exciting time for yeah Thames Valley to be able to have their first conference. We definitely feel honored and uh, humbled to be able to share. We definitely don't have the world, probably the world's most perfect marriage, but we have a good marriage. Um, and our journey in our married life has definitely taught us many things about ourselves, each other, relation, relationships, conflict, resolution. And so we're gonna be sharing some of that today. But to begin with, it's really nice to be able to see what you, um, we want, Cherie had an idea of wanting to make, just make it light, make it encouraging, at least to begin with. Um, and so this was her idea to share something encouraging about your spouse. Yeah, sorry that we you can't see us as well, you know, and we can't see everybody. Obviously, we're looking at the, the screen. But yeah, it's um, Happy New Year to everyone. And like CJ said, it, it's really great, isn't it, to have God in our lives. Um, and at different times, our marriages will go up and down. Um, but yeah, just to be able to take everything to God and build our marriage around God is, is such an encouragement and an encouragement that we have for mothers but yeah it's so encouraging to see what um you say about each other because sometimes it's sometimes depending on how we're feeling on any point in the day it's so easy to go to the negative and um, so yeah it's very encouraging just to see all these encouraging words hilarious kind and generous giving resilient caring selfless very loving very dependable it's it, it's just so you know and all of these of course is god this is what god is to us Okay, now we're interested to know why did you choose this marriage class? So uh, we, to, not to give too many options, either, well, there's always room to grow or help, we need help, or we drew straws and yours was the shortest one. So goes this marriage class today. All right, so we have um, 13, 14 votes and climbing, and uh, the majority, the clear majority, as you can see, is there's always room to grow. So that's encouraging that help is doesn't feature, and oh, it does a little bit, that's okay. And also, we drew straws, did, did a, that was of course there for a joke. But yeah, it's great to see um, that yeah, it looks like maybe the marriages are in a healthy place and that's a good thing. You know, and if we are in a place of help, that's okay as well, because all of us have been in that situation at some point within our marriage. Okay, I'm gonna move on uh, to the next thing. So 
the Bible talks about, has got many passages about marriage. Um, but the one that always, I always find quite interesting is this one from Paul in 1 Corinthians 7. Those who will marry, sorry, those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. I think it's interesting how God lets us know that, you know, marriage is a wonderful thing, but it's not going to be without its challenges. And in fact, Paul says, you, we, will, we will face many challenges. Um, in, the, in the UK, um, marriages, of course, are, they face challenges and troubles. And the current divorce rate in the UK is 42%. Maybe you thought it might be a little bit higher than that. Maybe you thought it would be around that. Um, and some of the, the top 10 reasons for divorce, I'm just going to put up here. Um, we have firstly, adultery, sadly. Secondly, just drifted apart. Third, money problems, abuse, addiction, different parenting ideas, appearance, unhappiness cultural issues and number 10 communication issues i think it's interesting as you can see i've highlighted or underlined two and ten um, the problem with number two is that many couples don't notice as the years go by that they've been moving further apart they get into these habits of behavior of living and before you know it you know, there's a chasm between the two of you. Um, and then number 10, communication issues. Communication is the basis, isn't it, of all good relationships. And if there's a lack of communication in a marriage, this can definitely cause frustration. It can cause ill feeling. And obviously, um, this 10, there's other reasons, of course. Um, and some of you may have these going on in your marriage. Um, Again, Christian, Christians were not immune to anything, you know, and so, of course, um, we're, we're aware of that. But today we just really wanted to think about these two, because these can be the most common that we notice. Yeah. The, now, if we think about marriage, the purpose ultimately of marriage is to glorify God, to help each other be more like Christ, help each other make it to heaven. And as Cherie said, sometimes we can kind of think, well, as Christians, we'll be immune from a lot of the challenges that um, face people in the world. And that's true. And we can probably look at these things and think, well, that is true to some degree. But still, Paul says, we will face many troubles. Um, over the last year, I don't go on Facebook very much, but when I do, and it's maybe someone's wedding anniversary, there's been a few times that I've noticed that couples that I know have put on there, we've had our ups, we've had our downs, but we're still together or something like that. And I think that it always kind of surprises me that, that a way to describe your marriage, I feel quite sad at that description, um, but it definitely shows that actually it is, it can be challenging and it is difficult. And yeah, we've got the Holy Spirit, Yes, we have the amazing church around us. Yes, we have the word of God. 
but we also have each other. And if we're not using this relationship that we have to help us grow in our marriage, then actually we can get into trouble. You know, if you ask a marriage therapist um, whether they know that they've done a good job or not, it's when the couple no longer need to see the marriage therapist. That's when the therapist has done a good job because the goal of therapy is to be able to equip the couple to be able to deal with issues, to grow with issue, through issues together. And that's ultimately what I Choose Us is all about. So um, there's a passage that I Choose Us is based on in the whole Good Enough Parenting, and it's this passage from Romans chapter 12. Shri, would you like to just read it? It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. The word pattern in here comes from a Greek word which we know as schemas. And a schema is a pattern of behavior um, that we subconsciously practice in within relationships. And sometimes we don't see these patterns until the going gets tough. And then what happens is we then revert back to this default state of how we deal with conflict, for example, or how we deal with challenges. And when we get married, you know, we've got the future ahead of us. We move in with each other. We unpack our bags and everything and all our possessions. And these schemas, they don't always get unpacked straight away. But when the first issue comes or the first little bit of conflict arises, that's when these patterns, these schemas begin to um, show themselves. And we may not even have seen them, perhaps, when we were dating or even engaged. And so within I Choose Us, it gives us the tools to be able to kind of create healthy schemas and suppress the ones and change the ones that maybe have been causing some issues within our marriage. The problem is if we don't address them, then they can definitely affect our marriage, they can affect our parenting, and they can create a dysfunction, which is a gift that keeps on giving. So for Cherie and I, one of the things that we noticed fairly early on in our marriage is that we had some, and we still have, some communication challenges. Um, so my background is that in my family, both my English family and my US family, both sides, nobody really says anything. So if there are any issues or any challenges, you kind of just, you know, have a stiff upper lip or you just kind of carry on as normal. Um, and you may end up giving the cold shoulder, but, you, you know, ultimately the pain and the discomfort will go away, but you never really deal with stuff. And in my family, a uh, mix of Scottish and Nigerian, so anybody who knows a Scot, more or less, you can't be stereotypical here, but everything's out. You know, they say it as it is. The, you know, all of my family will have big fights, but then we'll be friends within minutes. And the same with my Nigerian family as well. You know, very open, very um, to the point, saying it, you know, what needs to happen, what needs to change. Um, and again, in love, but still very blunt and very to the point. 
And so when Shuri and I were first married, we were both bringing these schemas, these patterns of behavior into our marriage. And then suddenly Shuri would be, you know, speaking to me in a, in a way that I was not used to. And I'd be like, what is wrong with her? And I would be so deeply wounded and not, not know how to, to deal with it. I, I didn't have the tools to be able to. Whereas Cherie's perspective was, well, it's better out than in, at least you know how I'm feeling. And so neither of our schemas, our patterns of communication were good. Neither of them were beneficial. Neither of them were edifying. Neither of them were helpful to our marriage. And so we, we grabbed hold of a, a, a Bible verse in Ephesians very, very quickly that we thought we really need to be putting this into practice. And we didn't know how to put it into practice, but we knew that it was so important within our marriage. And this is the verse. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For you are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. One of the things I want to share on this, two things actually. One thing was, I remember when we first uh, were married, uh, Fred and Emma Scott were really crucial in our lives. And one of the things that Emma spoke about was that they're always, they always strive to be kind to one another. You know, so, you know, and again, I would let things come out of my mouth, but it was what I needed to say when I needed to say it and really trying to think, well, is this really helpful? Is this, will this build up CJ? Is this what he needs to hear right now? And if he does need to hear it, maybe God can help me say it in a way that's helpful. And another thing was, again, when in our early um, um, days of marriage was, there was a time we had a really dis a disagreement. I can't remember what it was about, but I just remember the pride rising within me and I was determined, like, I am not giving this up. I am not giving this up. I'm, and I think I realized I was wrong as well. So, you know, like, I knew I was wrong, but I still didn't want to give in. But then I thought, okay, Shuri, if you continue with this line of thinking, what's going to happen? Is it going to make it better? Or, because I kind of knew God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So I'm deliberately choosing to be proud and stay in pride. Is that really going to help me or CJ or anybody for that matter? And it was really interesting. I just remember at that point, not that I'm always there perfectly, but I just remember just seeing how the scriptures and God's spirit and working within me really helped. Not me, because I know, you know, as we all know, we're dust and we're weak, um, but that God was the, you know, the one who really made the difference. In this passage, um, there's some really key principles um, to help with our communication and, and to help kind of get rid of or change our schemas into healthy ones. And one of them, the first one there is, it is obvious, obviously in your anger, do not sin. But it talks about do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. 
And Shri and I were given some amazing advice really early on in our marriage, which was to always deal with a conflict that you've got within your marriage before the sun goes down. And we know that a lot of you know this and have heard this. But it's still interesting how I remember talking to a, a couple who had been married much longer than us, and I was sharing this with them. And, uh, and, they, and the brother replied, well, actually, we've not been speaking for three days. And so this may be, we know this passage, as Cherie said, but actually we can still incorporate within our marriage some unhealthy patterns of behavior, which certainly are not biblical, but really are quite harmful to our relationship. And the second thing that it talks about is no unwholesome talk coming out of your mouths. And that's the thing that we're really going to focus on a little bit later on uh, in, in the lesson. But before we go there, I want to talk about something called conflict coping styles. So all of us um, have ways that we deal with conflict. And, you know, no marriage is um, void of conflict. Every marriage will have it at some point. Um, and there are three types of coping styles that we we would typically use. And we might sometimes use more than one or have different ones at different points, but generally we have a dominant coping style. So the first one um, is a counter-attacker or, or overcompensator. So Sri, do you want to share what that means? Yeah, this means that you sort of, yeah, like it says, you know, someone brings something up to you and you immediately attack, you immediately um, wrong spot immediately um, go after perhaps what was wrong about the challenge rather than thinking what was right about it you know um, and that's something um, again sometimes we, we don't want to be walkovers because we you know it's it was a time to be assertive but that's different from being an attacker and then the second coping style is to avoid so there's a conflict that happens one person maybe brings something up and then you just try and avoid it as much as possible. So, um, as I said, maybe you give the cold shoulder or maybe you just try and deflect it in some way. And then the final one is surrender. So you're like, yep, I'm sorry. It was me. I did this in, did this wrong. Oh, please forgive me. But even that, so all of those are unhealthy. None of them are actually beneficial when it comes to dealing with conflict yeah and especially with the surrendering style because sometimes people can think oh well that's great there's so much humility and of course we want to be humble but if we then are always surrendering we're not actually giving the other person the opportunity to change and grow and repent so it is and, and sometimes we all have a mixture do you know what I mean it's not that every time I will be an attacker Sometimes I may want to avoid because it's too difficult or painful to seek out. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, this is the right thing to do. I better surrender. But it's almost, um, you know, just, again, all of these things are there to help us think, okay, so what's, what does God want me to do? How does God want me to respond? So typically in our marriage, my default um, coping style is to avoid um and Shri, would you like to share your yeah default? i did say yeah it's, it is attack yes so let's have a look can you tell us what do you think is your dominant coping style so go back to slido and just let us know now it might be you might find yourself having a combination 
but there's probably one that is more dominant than others. So most people, it'll be interesting to see what the results are. As Christians, most, well, sorry, general population, most people are actually avoiders, um, then counterattackers, and then surrender, surrenderers. So let's have a look and see what yours looks like. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So we've got 57% as counterattackers, uh, 30% avoid, and 13% surrender. Very interesting. Okay. So as we, so the challenge with these, as I said, is that what happens is, is that either any of them, it really stops you from communicating and working through the challenge. And we know that no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but produces a harvest of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. And God allows us to go through these challenging situations, to go through these times of conflict so that we can grow, but we do need to learn how to be able to deal with them. So this is where, again, I choose us comes in. Um, so in, in I choose us, um, there, there are two things that we really want to be able to focus on today that link back to those um, 10 reasons for divorce. And the first one we're going to focus on is do not, is about communication, okay? Communication issues. And so the first point that we're going to look at from Romans 12 is do not conform to those patterns, okay? And so instead of conforming to those schemas that we have in our lives, we need to learn to create patterns, healthy patterns of conflict resolution. So we need to learn how to communicate in a healthy way because poor communication affects a huge number of couples and is probably the biggest predictor in marriage problems. But how do you even know if the, whether your communication is bad? So there are these things that, this has kind of been a buzzword, hasn't it, in, in fairly recent times, but passive aggression. And so within a marriage, we can have passive aggressive behavior. And, and this is a pattern of indirectly expressing negative feelings instead of openly addressing them. So this is one way that you know if there are some communication issues within your marriage. So they're very kind of subtle expressions of negative feelings that you don't necessarily are just you know telling someone as it is but so i'll give you some examples so here are some examples of marital passive aggressive behavior so frequent silent treatments jokes that are actual thoughts condescending remarks apportioning blame tone of voice, voice raising and screaming over insignificant things. All of these point to poor communication. So in marriages where communication is poor, the most mundane problems can spark and turn into blazing arguments. Each new quarrel reinforces the previous one 
especially if they were never resolved and they just got kind of swept under the carpet. And so what we need to learn to do is to be able to deal with these conflicts so that you get to a point where you understand each other so well that these conflicts become less and less. <clears throat> in, <clears throat> excuse me, in I Choose Us, the, um, the, the Lewis drew from a, 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 a book, a psychology book that highlighted ways in which couples can resolve conflict. And so we're going to share um, some of those right now. And so this is a pattern of conflict resolution that you can do and where you learn to train yourself to be able to, um, to no longer conform to those former patterns that you had. Now, as you notice in this, this image, this picture that I've got, typically when we are in a state of conflict with someone, our fingers are pointing at the other person. But within this conflict resolution model, you start by looking at yourself, okay? So you point the finger at yourself. And so the first thing that you do is you share your weaknesses. And I think um, what the beauty of when you personally share your weakness rather than point at the other ones, um, when CJ and I do this, and he normally goes first, which always helps, is that when he acknowledges his weakness, it's often, almost the same thing that I'm thinking is you've done this, you've done that, you've done the other. But when he acknowledges it and says, I've done this, I've done that, then I'm like, oh, you know what you've done. And so, so often, even at that starting point, it really helps if, if, for example, I think you've been really impatient and he says, I know my weakness is I'm really impatient or I can often be impatient that just again diffuses it right from the get-go um so that's why i think this is just such a powerful powerful tool so how this works sorry i forgot to say earlier so what you do is you let's say you've had a conflict about something both of you go off to your corners mm -hmm. and you write down um these you basically write down the answers to these things so the first thing that you would do so i'm going to pull them all up here okay so you write down what your weakness was. So let's say, yeah, for example, my weakness was that I, that I get impatient, okay? So, um, so I write that down and I kind of explain. So I, and then when we come back together again, I say, Shree, my weakness is I'm I, I can be impatient and I was impatient in this situation. The next thing I write down in my corner first and then I come and share is, my fears now sometimes there are fears that are connected to this conflict but sometimes there are not that's why i put it in brackets but it might be i was afraid that you wouldn't do this or i was afraid that we were going to be late maybe okay as an example <laughs> that has come up before believe it or not um then i share my needs and so in this case maybe let's say what i need for what i needed from you to do was to, I don't know, to be ready earlier so that we can get there on time. I felt like that um, we're, you know, we're often in a rush. I feel like, you know, it, it's kind of maybe a bit disrespectful to others 
for example, um, and I felt like it's maybe disrespectful, you know, maybe to me, but I'm really sorry that I got cross. I'm sorry that I got angry. I'm sorry that I was impatient with you. I really want to be able to work on my patience. And so I sh I've been in my corner. I've written all that down first. I've shared it with Cherie. And then... And then what, what, what we normally do is then I would acknowledge the apology, say thank you for your apology, and then I would share my weakness. And so my weakness, um, for example, if CJ had got impatient, as an attacker, I'd be like, okay, my weakness was I got um, upset and angry. My fear was that you don't respect me. Um, what I need for you was to perhaps ask me in a kinder way. Um, and I felt really discouraged and talked down to. Um, but I'm really sorry because uh, my response was emotional and angry and I ended up attacking you. And then CJ would say, I forgive you. Um, what I think is quite interesting about um, this, because we did this when we were in, living in Knoxville, Tennessee, and immediately after any conflict, we would start doing this. And it was incredible how it really did transform our marriage. And so we'd been married for about 14 years already at that point. So 10 years already. And so it's almost like the next 10 years, I believe, um, through using this tool has really helped. Of course, it's not perfect, of course, because we're sin, we're sinful and we're human and we make mistakes and we say the wrong things, we do the wrong things, we feel the wrong things. But this is such a really great tool um, that God you know, has put in our lives that we find really helpful. Yeah. And now we're at a point where we very, very rarely need to even do this because what it does, it, it enables you to um, have understanding of yourself, but also of your spouse. And so when you're beginning, so when we do get to apologize or we do have to resolve a conflict, we're able to do it so much more clearly and um, and accurately in terms of identifying for ourselves, you know, uh, the things that I've done and, and why, but also by raising awareness of it, by talking about it, you minimize doing it. So, you know, you, you will grow in patience the more you talk about maybe your weakness of impatience. So it's, it's incredible. Um, and you have to force yourself to do it. And it feels awkward and it feels really uncomfortable early on. But the more you do it, you're training yourself to learn how to resolve conflict in a healthy way. Yeah, and I think um, partly the power of this is it's that, you know, we all or probably have heard of Brené Brown and that power of vulnerability. And I think this really does help because I think when you share in your weakness and your fears and your needs, you know, I mean, who really wants to go around saying, this is my weakness, this is my fear, this is my needs, this is my feelings, you know, it can often make us feel quite vulnerable, but then there's that power that comes from that. Um, so I think that's been really um, encouraging and valuable. The second and final thing that we'd like to talk about, um, if we go, if we were to go back to Romans 12, so it says, um, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but renew your mind. And so the second part is a renewal. 
Um, and if we think about the other area of divorce in the UK, which I had underlined, which was um, drifting apart, these two things really work hand in hand together. So we need to learn to think and behave differently. Um, and a really good point before CJ goes on with this is, um, you know, like he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And I don't know about you, but I know sort of different environments, whether it's um, the netball team I play with or at work. And there's times when people will, if they have the Marines in, and they'll be like, oh, he's fit, or he's handsome, or, you know, just almost it's acceptable to look at other people and be like, oh, you know, and I just, you know, and not like in a self-righteous way, but I'm like, no, I, you know, I have my husband, I love him, I've only eyes of him, you know, and it's just those little things that just because the world says this, these sort of things and behaviors are okay, um, that's just a little thing that I think of for me, but I'm sure there's other things that we can all think of that people think, oh yeah, or oh, my husband never does anything around the house, well, I'm like, actually, he was really fantastic. So, do you know what I mean? So I just think it's, you know, there are ways that uh, people do communicate, but we want to not conform to the pattern of the world just because everybody else is behaving a certain way. So as I said, the second issue is uh, drifting apart. And if we're not careful, we can kind of exist together, be living together, but the fire that should, the fire of love that should be ablaze is kind of just smoldering. Um, and that's no place that God wants our marriage to be in at all. And so it, we, what we have to do is we've got to really fight to be able to keep that, that love burning strong. Um, and it'll be different from obviously your first days of marriage, you know, <laughs> no one wants to live like that and exist like that, that's exhausting. But it is sort of still having that, um, yeah, love, romantic love for one another. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that we've, we've only recently started to do that ties into this really well is um, a book that was recommended to us by a friend of mine called The Love Dare. Um, and it's a book that is based on the principles or many of the principles of 1 Corinthians 13, but and others as well. And what it does is it turns the qualities of love into a daily devotional that you do together with your spouse, reminding each other of how to show love. And again, I'm sure nothing's new under the sun. Some of you may have already done this and found it really useful. So, you know, obviously don't want to preach to the converted, but still we can always revisit things. And what happens is, is there's a, um, so there's a daily devotional, there's a scripture, there's a couple of pages of teaching, and then there are some daily targets for you to do with, for each other or with each other. The first day that we looked at was, um, so day one was patience, and it was amazing. So it talks about how impatience can kind of creep in and how you should really be looking out for it. And then throughout the entire day, Shri and I, try to really look out for opportunities to show patience, but also to try and identify ways that maybe we would previously ignore when we were feeling impatient with each other. And I kind of thought, oh, you know, I'm fairly patient, but I've got to tell you, I was so challenged by this because numerous times I didn't even realize I, was, I had a temptation to be impatient with Cherie but just being able to read the devotional, having a focus on it that day, 
I was able to catch myself and then turn that into patience. And I think with this book as well, I think we found some of it, you know, again, you, you can pick and choose, but we found that we probably want to focus on different attributes for a lot longer than a day. Yeah. And I think for us, the patience one has just been really good to keep going back to. Yeah. And there are other things in there like acts of kindness or selfishness or rudeness. And so not, as Cherie said, you know, you may not find all of it applicable or appropriate for you there are some huge stereotypes in the book as well that are a little bit scary but don't let that put you off try and look at the actual principles itself um the reason why we like it is because it creates an environment for conversation It, it has brought us together we either do it over breakfast in the morning before the kids are up or we do it just before we go to sleep at night but it's given us something to to be able to do together rather than just watching you know tv together or whatever um and it's renewed our mind because it's really opened up our minds and our eyes to little habits that have crept into our marriage in and it's shown us really clearly how we can be loving one another and take our love for one another to the next level altogether There is also a free online marriage evaluation test that you can do. I've linked it, it's here on the screen if you have a look. But if you search up the Love Dare test, you'll be able to find it. There's one for parenting, and there's also one that both of you do in your marriage evaluation. Um, And then you can share that that with each other, gives you something to focus on and to talk about. The final thing within this, to be able to try and stop you from drifting apart or help to stay close for my choose us is just doing romantic things together, spending time together, going on dates, um, going for walks together, trying to have a night away at a hotel if and when you can. So all of these things, again, we can so easily take one another for granted, but actually there's something really special about just sitting down for a coffee together going out to a restaurant, you know, and just eating and just being together, doing yourselves up for one another. It's really special. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, CJ never used to like uh, going going out or paying for a coffee. Uh, I can get really nice coffee at home because we roast our own, but he'd be like, I'm like, no, let's just go and sit in the cafe and chat you know get someone to make it for us and and then it's nice because when you sit we talk and just spend time together so yeah i just think it is it's it's we don't want it to be that i prefer to spend time with my friends and of course we have friends and we have relationships and we need other people but really god has put us together let's really enjoy one another and each other's company and value one another i think um yeah that's all i want to say Okay, so yeah, that's the end. So we really hope that this has been helpful. Um, So please get the book. I definitely recommend it, but of course, avoid the stereotypes. Um, But also really please use the the I Choose Us uh, tools as well. They are invaluable. Honestly, they are amazing. So uh, yeah, we hope this has been helpful. If you've got any questions about anything now, I know we've got a little bit of time left uh, for the Q&A.